everyone, it's Disraeli Smith. On the last edition of the GPPR podcast for 2017-2018 school year, we spoke with the newest class of the Baker Center for Leadership and Governance Innovation Grant winners. The Baker Innovation Grant provides five promising Georgetown graduate students with $20,000 in funding to develop innovative solutions to pressing social, political, and policy challenges. During this discussion, we talked about each of their projects. We also talked about uh, public policy areas where they wish they could see improvement, some uncertainty uh, in our public policy uh, areas, and their experiences at the McCourt School thus far and what they seek to do over the next 12 months. Uh, As an aside, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We hope that you've enjoyed each of our podcasts uh, this year, and we hope you continue to subscribe and listen to new podcasts coming out next fall as part of the 2018-2019 edition of GPPR. Thanks. Hey, it's Disraeli Smith here with uh, GPPR Podcast, and today we have a special edition. We have the 2018-2019 Baker Center Innovators, five of McCourt's best and brightest, uh, to uh, actually get to go do something cool in the community, take $20,000 and implement a policy solution of their choosing. Uh, So uh, I'm going to ask that each of them introduce themselves uh, to talk about a little bit about their project uh, and what they hope to get out of it. Uh, So we'll start with Peter over to my right and then just go around. Uh, to his right. Cool. Peter Newhan, a first-year MPP here at McCourt. Disraeli, thanks for, for doing this today. It's nice to be on the opposite side of the interview table for once. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so my project uh, has really taken in some interesting turns. I think the, the, this Baker experience, in a lot of ways, is, is about like uh, investigating your problem and, and exploring and changing things you know, um, as, as you discover more. Uh, than it is about sticking with the same thing that I planned on doing originally. Um, so I think John Baker said, you don't know what you, what you don't know. And, uh, and that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, basically, I, uh, my problem is stay the same. I'm trying to help make tax credits more accessible to low-income people in Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, how I intend to get there has changed a lot, um, but I'll get into that in a, in a little bit. Uh, I'm Caroline Cragen, and the problem that I'm looking at is a problem of reentry. So when people leave jail or prison uh, in D.C. and throughout the country, it's a pretty high likelihood, generally around 60% chance that they're going to return to prison. Uh, so I'm looking at that issue specifically in D.C. and the role that relationships play in supporting people in making successful transitions. So to do that, I'm offering reentry mediation services at the DC jail and throughout DC uh, by mobilizing volunteers throughout the community to learn mediation skills and be able to practice them in that context. Cool, uh, I'm Juan Pablo Delgado. I'm a first year OPP student. Uh, my project is an international project, so I'm doing this in Mexico. Um, I have been working in LGBT advocacy for quite a while and one of the biggest problems we have when we're advocating for LGBT rights in Mexico is that we don't have data to advocate uh, towards anything. Uh, so since a couple of years ago, we were wondering how could we fix that problem from the civil society. And uh, luckily now the Baker Center is supporting a project, my project, 
uh, that will develop a platform, digital platform, to allow individuals, LGBT individuals, to self-report incidents of violence and discrimination in Mexico, particularly in my hometown, so that we can start collecting data out of that and uh, allow LGBT organizations, including mine, to better advocate for uh, LGBT rights advancement. I'm Megan Riker, first year MPP. The problem I'm looking at is that uh, when refugees are resettled in this country, they kind of tend to take low-skill, low-wage jobs, regardless of the skills and experience they bring to this country. So I'm kind of looking at how to bridge that gap um, so they can work in, in a little more meaningful of a career. So I'm looking to do that through uh, career development train and job trainings um, in, in coordination with local resettlement agencies. My name is Ben Mendez. Um, what I'm trying to do is apply an internationally recognized methodology to a domestic problem. And I'm looking at elections in the United States, and right now there's no way when you go to vote that you know from a nonpartisan source whether that vote was secure and whether it was safe. Around the world in developing countries especially, a lot of groups of citizens mobilize on election day and gather representative data about how the elections actually went. It's very hard to do that in the United States because of our uh, decentralized electoral system. So I'm hoping to zero in on DC in November and pilot an observation mission of all the polling stations in DC and have volunteers there collecting the first ever baseline data about how elections were run in the district and hope to apply that models to districts who are uh, have a history of voter fraud or um, voter malfeasance. All right, so a lot of interestingly sounding projects, you know, and I, I took some notes here. You know, I would say three projects obviously focus primarily on DC, you know, you know, tax credits and how people, the education of taxes, you know, uh, re, you know, reentry from jail, you know, your project on uh, elections, obviously, then you have, you know, uh, you know, international focuses, refugees coming back into the country and then the LGBT community in Mexico, you know, so you have a conglomeration of projects. What makes you guys think you're going to be able to successfully work together and lean on each other through this experience to, you know, help each other's projects be successful? You know, because while, the, you know, it's funny based on how you guys are sitting, the two of you are dealing with similar concepts from a systematic standpoint um, in terms of the people who you, who these things most likely impact. You know, people who get tax credit have no idea to do with them from an education perspective are typically low income, poor people. A lot of times people who go to jail, particularly for felonies, end up being lower income people because they can't get jobs. Uh, you know, Ben, your thing is ends on Walmart, but then well, probably your thing is in Mexico. Nobody's going to Mexico but you. You know, so how are you guys going to work together to make sure that, you know, everybody gets a, you know, you have each other's back, you know, and through this experience? I mean, we're all accountable to the same deadlines. Um, we're all working with the support of the Baker Center um, and all the staff here, and, and we're all classmates. So we see each other all the time. Uh, it's actually been fairly natural. Um, a lot of the past couple months has been trainings just to kind of uh, introduce us to project management and, and everything that comes along with that. So we've all been in it together. We all are learning new things supporting each other through that. And we're also we're also trying things for the first time, really. Like this, these are all pilots for us. We're all putting ourselves, Peter said this earlier, we're all putting ourselves out there. And like like some of the work that Caroline's doing now has been has been done in Maryland and some of the 
the refugee work has been done elsewhere. The selection works has been done. But this is the first time we're in charge of this project and all we're entirely accountable. And I think we can all lean each other because we're gonna have to go through the same types of challenges, especially for people doing something new. We're all collecting baseline data. We're all trying to prove that what we're doing is worth it. The other thing I'll add is that a lot of our projects do involve mobilizing other people around the issue, but generally we're working with people who are really even more familiar with us in terms of the problem that we're solving. And it's been helpful to work with folks outside of the nature of our project. So when I'm so steeped in reentry work, to be able to explain this work to folks who have never worked in the context of a jail is really helpful for me. And so it's it's been a benefit, I think, of the program to work with folks who are doing really different projects and get kind of outside feedback from each other. We all have different skills and experience too. I mean, I'm leaning on Juan Pablo a little bit for, for some challenges that I'm facing. I know Peter has, has been in touch with Caroline on, on quite a few, um, just kind of networking and yeah, I think a lot of ways we're mentoring each other, right. um, especially, you know, me being the youngest person here. I don't have a lot of experience working with nonprofits. <laughs> I am uh, not familiar class. with uh, <laughs> Washington, D.C.'s you know, networks as much as you guys are. So I, I have been leaning on, on all of you in different ways to, to help me, you know, uh, to you know, get guidance and support. So. Yeah, so it sounds like this program is like, you know, and then I won't call it innovation because it's an innovation grant, but it's a, you know, incubator. <laughs> you know, in terms of ideas and how you can actually go uh, apply it. Do you think this really accentuates your McCord experience, you know, and, and how would you, you know, kind of recommend it to, you know, incoming students or other policymakers, you know, or, you know, potential policymakers, you know, in the future, you know, of things that you can, obviously if your classmates can't go do this, right, because they're all going to graduate next year. But what are some things that you think that they, you know, policymakers or, potential students or could do to kind of get similar type of experience? Yeah, I could say that, I mean, for being honest, being selected as an innovator uh, was like the good news of last semester and it continues being that. Uh, sometimes like, it, you know, classes are kind of hard and so on, but if like you are motivated because you have this project going on, at least that's my experience. And I do think that the Baker Center should like advertise this a little bit more because I think that uh, prospective students could be highly interested in uh, applying to this and they could be very motivating on uh, sort of getting to know that this university gives this kind of opportunities that you don't find anywhere else. So uh, I would encourage policymakers or stakeholders so that the next generation, for example, could be just five people but more because I'm pretty sure they, there are like a lot of ideas out there uh, in, among our peers, uh, especially if we are trying to, to make this school uh, more more uh, visible out there. I think that a lot of the classes that we take are kind of designed to simulate real world experience and mm -hmm. to work in groups and to take ownership over certain aspects of a project, but it's rare that any school gives you $20,000 to design your own program and see it through over the course of the year in parallel to school. And, and for me, like that, that opportunity is more valuable than an internship over the summer, right? No, you get to manage your own project from start to finish. You get trusted, you get invested in by the Baker Center. We've gone to, we've gone to what, six, seven trainings already about how to be a better presenter, how to manage your projects, how to be more empathetic in your design. I mean, 
the bankers don't really invest in you, but they also give you something that I think is more valuable ultimately than like a normal summer internship. And even beyond that, I mean, even in the workplace, you don't tend to, to be able to follow something through 100% of the way. You know, like right. this is a truly unique experience that we're really fortunate to be a part of. I do think for, for students who are not interested or are not able to take advantage of the Baker Innovation Grant, there's a big piece of what we're doing, which is sort of apprenticing with the problem. We're meeting folks who are doing this work, we're getting advice from people. That's something you can do without $20,000. So Ben mentioned a lot of us are trying to scale things that we've seen work in other places. Actually, I think all of us essentially are. Um, and so getting to learn from other folks who are implementing ideas that you think are good that you might want to implement in a new context someday. That's something that anybody living in DC specifically could do. I'll just add to that. I, I think this the, the beauty of this program, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is that it's not rigidly structured. There's a lot of flexibility to, uh, that the Baker Center allows us to really explore um, how to, to solve an issue. I, I went into this thing assuming that I was going to replicate a model that was successful in California in Washington, DC. It turns out that the, the the solution I had wasn't going to address the people that needed the help, and uh, and and that is thankfully I've been able to like adapt and change direction. I have the support of the program in doing that. And so you know, I think the last thing on, on the Baker Center, you know, obviously you guys are getting a lot, you know, from it. Uh, you know, what's one thing, one word you would say if you wanted to plug the Baker Center, you know, for Georgetown community, McCourt community, et cetera. One word. One word, one phrase, whatever comes to mind. Ownership, having something that's yours is, is really valuable. This is a tremendous leadership opportunity um, to, to not only um, you know, maximize the opportunities that you have here at Georgetown, um, you know, this is a two-year program. And I think that this is a, an amazing um, opportunity for people to really get involved in, their, in the community and do something that you know, could get you set up for job opportunities in the future. Yeah. I would highlight trust. Uh, I, I have participated before in other programs that sort of kind of believe in your ideas, but I think really Victoria and the whole staff at the Baker Center like do really more than that. So they believe that you're capable of doing things and they're just trying to provide you with certain tools so that you can strengthen the project, but they, they don't doubt at all that you will be able to succeed. Building off that, like th this is an investment they're making in all five of us, the five innovators who came before us and the people who have come after us. But what Juan Pablo was saying that Victoria and Dr. Shoney and Dr. Fader, you know, have taken time out of their days to kind of coach us through these projects, projects that that wasn't in their background, but they've been willing to learn about what our projects are and kind of help us through it. So it's really been an investment that they've made in us that's been really clear and you know not something I've been seeing elsewhere. Yeah, I think to echo what's been said, uh, taking advantage of the opportunities at Georgetown, it's a little bit more than one word, but it's like I think it's allowed a lot of us to better integrate our interests outside of Georgetown with sort of the resources and the work we're doing at Georgetown, too. Good, I think that's perfect. And so, you know, when you think of those experiences and interests outside of Georgetown, recently, you know, GPPR launched its spring edition, you know, with the theme of uncertainty. You know, you guys are some of the smartest people in the school. You know, what's a policy problem <laughs> that you wish you could go solve? Uh, so uncertainty ties a little bit better into what my project is, I think, is right now there's there's no real way to measure or to point to 
whether an election was free and fair and the way that we say that. So yep, that's your project. So <laughs> what's something that's not your project you want to go? So you could think. You well, could I mean, it's something that's related to my project, uh -huh. which I hope to get to, uh -huh. which is where I was going. Uh -huh. um, but right now, the like, electoral reform policy in the United States is based largely off of what is self-reported by the people who administer the election. Okay. Why not have someone who's credible and nonpartisan oversee that election and make recommendations that might not be self-interested or... You know, so I'm kind of thinking more towards broader electoral reform policy and what my small little project could could move the needle towards. So you would essentially create a nonpartisan electoral uh, oversight oversight board responsible for all elections within the country. Yeah, but it's more on the community level. You can't do it at the United States, the national level, because mm -hmm. there's no one body that administers elections. There's ten thousand little ones. So this is gonna it's more of a community led effort that's gonna start in DC than sell it to different jurisdictions around the country that might be interested in doing that. Got it. So, so I think the, the, the really the end outcome that I'm trying to achieve is to address this issue that we talk about a lot, income inequality. Okay. And I think this causes a tremendous amount of uncertainty, especially with lower income people. And I'm just trying to chip away at that with my project by, by making it, uh, these tax credits more accessible uh, to people who already qualify for them, who are missing out on thousands of dollars that you know, could, could mean you know, getting their kid to, to college or paying for, you know, uh, to feed themselves. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a big thing that uh, is a huge problem that needs to be addressed. Okay. Yeah, well, you, will, you will tell me the same thing that I'm speaking about my project probably. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean. If you spend it how Ben did, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, But really, uh, I've been working in, on discrimination and non-inclusion issues, uh, like in general, and that, that's what really drives me. So really creating policies out of, uh, or like directed towards uh, lessening the level of discrimination, violence, and non-inclusion towards at-risk populations. That is certainly something that I think will work in my entire life, and that is something that I would like to fix, although it's big, big, big. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it's, it's broadly immigration, and not just the uncertainty of whether someone will be able to get off the plane uh, when they arrive here, but also just kind of the support that's here when they when they arrive and, and you know sometimes it kind of drops off after one to three months and then there's no broader integration effort so yes i think my project gets at a small piece of what's wrong with our criminal justice system um and i would love to get rid of prisons and jails altogether and replace them with strong mental health care supports and restorative justice practices and an entirely different system. Cool. All right, so some fun questions. You know, I think you guys, you know, you're, you're almost through with your first year of the course. You know, talk about your experiences uh, and thesis or capstone. Oh, so I'm doing the thesis. I don't know about all are of you guys. Are you going to try to piggyback your project to your thesis? Um, so so I, I actually am going in a totally different direction. Okay. <laughs> I, um... Everyone here knows I'm interested in, in campaigning and, yep. and electioneering. <laughs> so I'm going to look at how machine learning can be used to uh, to be applied to electioneering. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, remind me, I may be able to give you some data. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, I have no real idea of what I'm going to I'm going to do a thesis. Parks, I missed that 5 o'clock deadline. And a park, I felt very <laughs> discouraged from doing otherwise. I 
think I was asking you just really yeah. for advice on it, and so you were, we were like, just class. five o'clock. Yeah. We were in class, and I was like, oh, you already missed it. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a thesis. Uh, but I think what I've thought about, and I think I got this advice from Itai in our class, was was doing it in a way where I work with like a local agency or organization that's that my interest is still criminal justice, that is doing criminal justice work, and really ask them, like, what research do you think needs to be done that'll help hold me accountable and keep me kind of interested and, and have that real life component too. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I will work on thesis as well. Uh, of course, I'm going to stick to LGBT issues. Uh, there is currently some efforts going on in the Organization of American States to build a system of indicators to measure the advancement of economic, social, and cultural rights. And I would like to address uh, or tailor specific indicators towards LGBT populations with that very own uh, methodology. So hopefully I can do that. Well, McCord experience, I've had a phenomenal time. I love DC. Um, and I like that McCourt is still kind of new and, and growing and, and adapting and gives us opportunities like the Baker Center and, and the grant. Um, I'm doing a capstone uh, cool. because, I don't know, I, I kind of like the idea of that uncertainty. <laughs> um, maybe it's something that drew me to the Baker Grant uh, when I was first applying is just like, being able to learn and, and you know do a full project, but yeah, as someone doing a capstone, uh, we can talk about it. I think you get <laughs> some interesting experiences from that that you don't necessarily pick up from doing a thesis, uh, in part because you're working in a group, you know, and even and even different from the group dynamics of our McCourt work, you know, because you're working in a group for a deliverable that goes to somebody else, you know, and so you have to meet the expectations of somebody else, which can be completely different than what you think they are. Well, and completely different than what your professor thinks it is, where your professor can think it's the best thing since sliced bread, and your client can throw it out and be like, "This is a bunch of crap," you know. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it, you do get some some different nuances from the capstone. But I think it's part of the reason why I chose to do a capstone too. I think it would kind of get me back into the mindset of working again, where you have a <laughs> boss that has different expectations, and you're thinking, as I'm getting out of McCord next year, if you know. If <laughs> that puts me back into the working mindset. And I also like kind of like the idea of being thrown with other students in the cohort and kind of trying to work together. I know that's kind of hit or miss. I'm, I like working with people, and that sounds more fun than sitting alone working on a thesis. No offense, um, guys. No offense <laughs> to the thesis people. <laughs> um, I've had a great time in McCord, too. I didn't think I would survive all the things that had math. Um, I still might not. <laughs> There's still a chance I don't. <laughs> But uh, I'm still here. We're together. We're together. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of camaraderie here, so that's been fun. Cool. Anything you guys want to add on McCourt? I think uh, you hit on it really well. With McCourt experience is a lot about you know working, having camaraderie with with your fellow McCorders, and I think that's a really significant um, thing that's different from here. I mean, I, I went to a uh, an engineering school, my undergrad, and everybody was very like siloed, doing their own thing in a lot of respects. So this is. I think there's more collaboration going on here. Are we McCorders? We're McCorders. Yeah, we All right. <laughs> there you go. Trademarked. Cool. <laughs> Trademarked on the GPPR podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll add it. As somebody who, who loves math and, and likes that part of McCourt, uh, I was a computer science undergrad and left and was like, oh, I actually love people, so I can't work in this field. <laughs> immediately switched and started doing development and making a quarter as much money as I would have. Uh, and so McCord has been the first time where I've been able to actually like combine 
the kinds of mathematical thinking that I like with interests that I actually have and, and issues I care about and people who are like uh, nerdy enough that they care deeply about some of this stuff too <laughs> and still kind of socially oriented enough that I can talk with them outside of the classroom. That's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> that, is, that is a very nice way of calling people policy geeks that happen to be cool people. Cool. All right. Well, you know, I, I think this was great just to talk to you guys, to talk to, you know, some of the future and brightest of McCord. I think, you know, here at GPPR, I think we'll be excited to see how your projects go. Um, hopefully, you know, next spring as you wrap them up, maybe you'll sit back down you know, with, the, you know, do another podcast and do a little, like, little reflection on, on what you guys found uh, in your project. So we wish you guys much success as you work through the summer and fall, you know, solve these interesting policy issues. Uh, and, you know, I hope you guys do well. So. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the GPPR podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more content from the Georgetown Public Policy Review, check out our website at www.gppreview.com, our Twitter at GP Policy Review, or our Facebook, GPP Review. Thank you. <laughs>